You're listening to the Jacob Media Sports Network in partnership with AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Subscribe to the Jacob Media channel on YouTube for access to all daily sports content. Ah, yes, sir. Welcome back, everyone. We're live in the Prop Swap Studios, AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. It's already Thursday night, man. I don't know what that means, but the week has gone by fast, just like it always does, and we are inching closer to the NFL divisional round. But are the Eagles inching closer to figuring out who their guy is, a.k.a. who is the next head coach, who is the replacement for Doug Peterson for the Philadelphia Eagles? So let's bring in the guy with all of the answers, all of the hot takes, and more. John McMullen. Follow John on Twitter at JFMcMullen, phillyvoice.com, si.com, and host of Extending the Play every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 11, right here on 1490. John, how are you tonight, my friend? Doing well, Ryan. We got uh, one off the board, Robert Sala, minutes ago to the New York Jets, kind of as expected. And actually two, but only one for the Eagles, Urban Meyer, going to Jacksonville. So we got five spots open left. Um, and, and some of these uh, hot candidates, as we talked about yesterday, Robert Salah being the first one off the board, Eagles were never realistic in in those sweepstakes. And, you know, we talked about Arthur Smith um I don't think that's realistic for them, to be honest. Um, and then you start to um, sort of cobble away at it and see who's who's left and who's going to have who's going to be here. And I think it comes down to I hate to put it like this, but I think it comes down to who doesn't have options when um, all the other jobs are filled. Uh, I've seen you tweet out a few times now, most recently just a couple minutes ago um, after that that news broke. But you've been uh, filling in the blanks a little bit. So why don't you fill in the blanks for, you know, your prediction on where these candidates could potentially end up? Uh, Well, I mentioned Arthur Smith. I think he's going to go to Atlanta. I think he's going to end up there. He's uh, going to be in a second interview for there. So they seemed he also had a second interview with the Jets. The Jets were down to sort of Salah versus Arthur Smith. I think ultimately he gets the Falcons job. I think the Chargers are going to wait for Brian uh, Dayball from, from Buffalo. Uh, obviously, he's a hot candidate. And I've mentioned in the past that maybe maybe the highest profile candidate from an offensive perspective, just from a pure uh, scheme guy. Uh, People are really high on him because of what he's done with Buffalo and Josh Allen. And I I think for all those guys, the Chargers are are the best spot because of Justin Herbert. So I think he ends up there. Um, Houston's uh, Houston and Detroit are, are more wild cards. It's pretty clear Deshaun Watson wants Eric the Enemy in Houston. Um, and, you know, he's a pretty powerful player uh, because if he wants out and you don't make him happy, it's almost like an NBA-like situation down there. They almost have to make the player happy or it's going to be a disaster. So 
ultimately, I think the enemy uh, ends up there, and they wait. Uh, could be till after the Super Bowl, obviously, if Kansas City goes where we think they're going to go. Um, and, and Detroit just hired uh, a new GM today, and he came from the Los Angeles Rams. So that's one team I haven't been able to get a beat on at all, and probably because they're going through both hiring cycles at the same time. So now they finally have a GM. Maybe that clears up uh, a little bit. Uh, and, you know, Brandon Staley from the Rams, the defensive coordinator, he's he's the one sort of really innovative, hot candidate from the defensive side. Um, and maybe that is a, is a match because they're both coming from the Rams. So maybe that would make some sense. They also would have to lose in the playoffs before that could happen. And then that would leave the Eagles and what's left. And from what's left from what has been advertised as they've been interested in, you know, somebody like Joe Brady, who they interviewed, um, potentially the offensive coordinator from Carolina, um, uh, Gerard Mayo is going to interview tomorrow, but I find it very hard to believe they're going to hire him. Uh, defensive-minded guy's only been coaching for two years in New England. Uh, I think that's more due diligence for a coordinator position. And then guys who haven't been uh, advertised as, as interviewing yet, uh, Mike Kafka, who they had an interest in last season as an offensive coordinator, uh, but was were blocked. Uh, from interviewing, uh, maybe he gets back into uh, the race, and and then you Staley. I, I think it's becoming more and more likely that you Staley might finally, finally get the gold medal, so to speak. John, what is the reputation right now uh, in the NFL? regarding the Philadelphia Eagles, like how are the NFL circles viewing Jeffrey Lurie and ownership, the front office? Um, Cause we all know how it's viewed here, but in, in NFL circles, what's the perception or the reality? Well, I think there's two different ways to think at it. Uh, think of it. And I, and I think from a front office perspective, the Eagles are still pretty highly regarded. Uh, the way they do things. Uh, but from a coaching standpoint, if you're a coach looking at this situation, I, I don't think it's highly regarded anymore for obvious reasons. I mean, it, it's pretty clear, not only from Doug Peterson, but it, it's pretty clear from how they're going about this process um, that they're not going back to the Chip Kelly days. They're not going back to the Andy Reid days when the head coach had a lot of autonomy um, and at least uh, a significant say in everything from the coaching staff to personnel, uh, they have seen, they seem to have gone and they did go in a different direction with Doug Peterson. That's unquestionable. That's obviously uh, well-documented and they seem to want to continue in that direction. So again, I, I've mentioned this from, from the get-go. If you're Robert Sala, and I said this yesterday on the show, six of the seven teams looking for a head coach interview, if you have options, you're not coming here. And people might say, and I, I know Eagles fans are going to say, well, the Jets are a joke. Yeah, 
I mean, on the field, they're a joke, but they're going to give them some autonomy. And, you know, they might have a quarterback. They might not. But if they don't, if you don't like Sam Darnold, um, you can get another quarterback with the second pick in the draft, and they're in a better situation from the salary cap and all that standpoint. So you can say the Jets have been terrible for years and years and years and years, but they offer a better opportunity for a head coach today as we speak. What is today? January 13th, 14th? 14th. January 14th of 2021, they offer a better opportunity for a head coach in this league than the Philadelphia Eagles. And that might be tough medicine to swallow, but that's the reality. And anybody who has options. So if it works out, if it shakes out like I think it's going to shake out, um, Arthur Smith's going to have options. He's not going to come here. Um, Brian Dayball, I don't, I don't even know if he'll bother to interview here. Why would he? Um, too highly regarded. Too hot of a candidate. Mm-hmm. Um Anybody who has options isn't coming here. Now, the good news is there's a lot of good coaches, and there's only 32 of these jobs, and plenty of people will want the job. It's just that I I, I always talk about that list. Everybody's working from the same list. You're not getting the top guys on that list. And it might not matter because all you got to go back is 2016. The Eagles wanted the top names on the list, couldn't get them. And it ended up better for him. So it's not like it can't work out. But if you're one of those fans that's going to be upset because you don't get the hottest candidate, well, you got to accept that for the way they're running this this coaching search. What are the Eagles on the hook for uh, with Doug Peterson? Uh, he's got two more years on his contract. So it, coaching contracts are generally – uh, offset. So if he were to get another head coaching job, uh, that new salary would come off what the Eagles have to pay him. Uh, so ultimately, it looks like he's going to take a year off. So they're going to be at least paying him for another year. Uh, and then if he gets a head coaching job, if he comes back into it, uh, it'll significantly uh, pretty much wipe out probably that, that last year. Um, but yeah, they're on the hook. I mean, as long as he's not coaching and if he decides he wants to do something else, they got to pay him for two years. Just one question about Doug, and then we'll get back to some of the candidates. Um, is there any chance that you could see him maybe taking a year off and then, I don't know, let's say Eric Bieniemy, you know, gets a head coaching job somewhere, which obviously is looking probable. Does Doug go replace him for a year and chill out and and hang out with Andy Reid and try and win another Super Bowl as a as an OC and then you know set himself up for a, a better job or you don't see him taking any type of step back? He would just sit at home before doing that. Well, I think a lot of it depends on how much interest there is. I, I think you know if he comes back next season, I mean he's taken some significant hits and there is you know. There's two sides to every coin. And, you know, in any divorce, there's two stories. And, you know, the people who like Doug and the people who support Doug and the people who think he's a good coach have one side of that coin. 
Uh, and the reason the Eagles went in a different direction and, and what they're saying is the other side of the coin. So um, if, if, if people say, look, he, he, he did a bad job in his last uh, year here, he um, you know ruined Carson Wentz or however you want to frame the negative stuff, well, if that takes hold, he might have to build up his resume again. He might have to accept an offensive coordinator job um, if he wants to continue. And you know, Doug's always been that guy, and he he's he's always said he's not he's not like Andy Reid. He's not a lifer. Uh, he doesn't plan on doing this until he can't do it anymore. Um, so who knows? I mean, he might be just one of those guys who says, you know what, I want it. Uh, I want it. You know, I wanted as a coach, I wanted as a player, walk off into the sunset. There's a lot of options. Um, uh, but I, I know Pittsburgh was the first to, you know, they moved on from their offense coordinator. And, you know, one of their writers threw out Doug Peterson. He certainly, I, I couldn't hmm. imagine he would be an offense coordinator this this year. Right. Yeah, that would be surprising. It, it doesn't. It would be a bad look, I think, too, because he is just his name, despite maybe how some people view him, his his name I feel like holds enough weight that it's like, okay, well he's he's a head coach. He's gonna get another crack at it, or he's just gonna chill for a year. Like that that might be detrimental to his overall reputation if he just ran off to Pittsburgh behind Mike Tomlin as O. C. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I can't. I, the only reason, and and that was pure speculation from the writer yeah. as well. It wasn't uh, anything coming from his agent or anything about uh, potential interest. Uh, it was just you know a big name, and people throw it out there as an offensive guy, and they need an offensive mm-hmm. coordinator. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't picture in a in a thousand years. Uh, knowing Doug and knowing, uh, you know, he'd rather just go golf for a year. Uh, and take some time off and, again, sort of recalibrate and see where things are in the next hiring cycle. And, and, and you know, this league is trending in, in a direction where people are, are looking for the next Sean McVay, and it's been that way for a couple of years probably, and that's why you see some of these young guys, Joe, Joe Brady being one of them. You know, Kellen Moore is another who the Eagles want to interview from the Cowboys and um, – I mentioned Gerard Mayo from the defensive side. He's 34. Um, you know, Brady's like 31, I think. Uh, Kellen Moore, maybe 32. You, you see that, and, and the Eagles are kind of caught up in that, I think, um, a little bit. Um, and we'll see. We'll see how they finish this um, search, and we'll kind of know for sure. Um I think there's one of two options. I think they're going to go that way because, again, you're, you're talking about a young guy who doesn't have uh, a lot of uh, power, doesn't have a lot of options, and would have to accept um, these restrictions to be a head coach. Or, as I mentioned, you know, Deuce would certainly accept those restrictions. Um, and that's that's what I think the Eagles are, are, are working with right now. And, you know, I, I – yeah, I, I've compared it to baseball a little bit. When baseball had that shift towards, you know, why are we paying these high-profile guys these exorbitant salaries to be managers when we can just, you know, throw out the analytics in the binder and, and, and 
hire these young guys and just basically tell them what to do. I, I think football is shifting at least a little bit in that direction. And if it continues to go in that direction, it might, you know, it might be a, a different landscape that he's not as valued as you would typically think a, a Super Bowl winner would be. You mentioned anyone with options, that's anyone in the head coaching rumor mill, um, is not going to pick Philadelphia. And, and I agree with that. And I've said it just doesn't seem like an attractive destination right now. If you're a veteran head coach, if you're someone with cachet, if you have options, like you said. So how does that impact Philadelphia and their future? Um, if they're going to get a young coach, how do they build the coaching staff around him, similar to what they did with Doug when they first hired him? Yeah, it'd be pretty much a template of that. So you would get uh, sort of those veteran coordinators who who really don't have any juice in the in the head coaching circuit, so to speak, and maybe have been former head coaches, but you kind of know, like Jim Schwartz, are going to have a difficult time getting another head coaching position. Um, and, and they're going to be veteran guys, and they're going to be in there um, to help the young coach. Uh, I mean, I think that's pretty much going to happen um, whatever. I mean, obviously the Eagles are going to designate who these coordinators are going to be for this head coach. I think that's pretty evident. Um, the only question is, Ryan, is is it going to be a veteran guy? Like, a, you know, there's a lot of speculation that the Eagles were trying to get Doug Peterson to hire Dan Quinn uh, as the defensive coordinator. Would it be an ex-head coach like that or, or Steve Wilkes, uh, somebody like that? Um, or would it be a, a Gerard Mayo? Um, offensively, um, you know, it, it, obviously if you get a, a Joe Brady, it's not as important to get a play caller um, so I, I think that is more dependent because we all know no matter what he says, Jeffrey Lurie is probably going to hire an offensive coach. Let's, let's talk about um, Kafka for a second because just everything that we've talked about all week, John, um, ideally you want to try and potentially get someone off the air quotes, Andy Reid coaching tree, check there. Young guy who hasn't had a head coaching job, check there. Um, so let's pretend Mike Kafka could potentially be the next head coach. What does he bring? Would you like that hire? Um, and, you know, how would you see that playing out? Uh, I, I don't know if I'd like to hire uh, because it, it's, it, you know, it, it, it's tough to say where Mike is in his coaching career, obviously he's a passing game coordinator in Kansas city, where in essence, he's third in line, you know, Andy Reed is the offense. Eric, the enemy is the offensive coordinator, but even with the enemy, you know, you know, that's Andy's offense and you know, he's running it and you know, he's doing it. Uh, but you do kind of lean on, look, that's the best coaching tree of this generation. Um, there's been so much success. You look at the AFC side in the playoffs, uh, you look at the whole playoffs, and it's kind of watered down. There's so many people with Andy Reid connections. Uh, but if you look at, uh, obviously, Baltimore against Buffalo, well, <laughs> you know, uh, where did where did John Harbaugh make his bones? Where did Sean McDermott 
make his bones. And even Cleveland, guess where Kevin Stefanski started? Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. Now, he wasn't um, as high profile as, as, say, a McDermott or a Harbaugh was, but the Eagles plucked him, gave him a start, uh, and then he went to Minnesota with Brad Childers, another Andy Reid coaching tree. Um, and it's just pretty amazing uh, what what his assistants have done in this league as a whole, and, and Doug Peterson being the most obvious. I, I think, you know, in a lot of ways, though, I, I think the Eagles have a, a PR problem if they do the exact same thing. It's, it, it's almost a carbon copy of Doug, although Mike's a, a little bit um, younger, and Doug was at least the offensive coordinator um, in Kansas City. Um, so they might have a problem from that standpoint, but I, I don't think it's something they can't recover from. But the Eagles have this, no matter where they go, they, they have this PR hurdle because everybody knows, despite what he said, and Jeffrey Lurie said in his press conference, 25 years, I haven't changed. Well, we all know that's a lie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's no, also impossible. Nobody, <laughs> I mean, that's absurd. Yeah. I, you know, could you even imagine um, Jeffrey Lurie? Now, not in 1999. I mean, if if you go back there, you know, Andy Reid was that guy. Uh, he was off the radar. He was the Packers quarterback's coach. Nobody was interviewing him. Uh, but even then, uh, he, he didn't get involved nearly as much. But when when Andy established himself, he had tremendous power in personnel and certainly as coaching staff. I mean, Jeffrey Laurie wasn't telling him any assistant coach he could hire or would have to fire. Wouldn't even dream of it. And then, and then you, you, you go into Chip Kelly, who had tremendous autonomy as far as um, his assistant coaches and as far as uh, a big, even before he won uh, the battle, he had a big say in personnel, a big say. And, and then all of a sudden you get into the modern era, so to speak, with Doug Peterson. Uh, and part of it had to do with the sour relationship with Chip Kelly. And it's sort of the pendulum theory. You go the other direction and they went in that direction. But it, it's pretty clear they want to continue with that. And and Jeffrey likes it, and that, that's that's why they have a problem because everybody, no matter who they pick, everybody knows it's going to be the same setup Doug just had, and you're going to have these same questions from pretty much day one. Like, is this your coach? Are you approving this? That they're not getting past that, and that's an issue. Don't they know that, John? Like, if I'm Jeffrey, they should. He just doesn't care. Like, what is it? I yeah, I think he doesn't care. <laughs> I think he goes up and, you know, I it, look like a lot of uh, very successful people and, and 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 very rich people. I think he's got you know uh, a lot of people around him who tell him he's great and and tell him everything's fine and are not necessarily honest 100% of the time. It's because crazy. if he doesn't know this, uh, he's got issues. I, I will say that. And he seems 
at least on the surface, he seems pretty oblivious to it. Maybe it's because he's in Florida. Because <laughs> he's taking a lot of hits in Philadelphia. I think he's gotten too much sun. That's the only thing I can come I, up I mean, with. I it, mean, it, it's almost like, you know, so many people, and, and look, I, I say it all the time. It is a, a difficult market, and so many people cover the Philadelphia Eagles. There are more reporters covering the Eagles than any other team in the NFL. Um, and that includes New York teams, Chicago teams. That includes bigger market teams. Uh, and that's difficult to deal with. But I, I will tell you, and as somebody who writes about this team on a daily basis, there are so many hits Jeffrey Lurie has taken. You actually have to look around to make sure uh, you're not using the same angle as somebody. I mean, everybody is coming at it. it, it it's almost 100%. Uh, and, and that's rare, you know, because you look at some of the other controversies and you got people – Start with the quarterback controversy. You have people in Carson Wentz's camp. You have people, and and not by camp. I mean, they think that should be the way forward. Uh, others think Jalen Hurts should be the way forward. You know, you can argue about who's better, who's got the bigger upside, all that kind of stuff. And it's sort of um, two camps, as I mentioned. I, I don't know anybody who has looked at, and I could be wrong, and somebody pointed out to me, if you know, I don't know anybody who covers this team on a daily basis that looks at what Jeffrey Lurie has done and says, wow, he's doing a good job. He's doing a good job here. It's not to say he's been a great owner in the past, but right now he's doing a bad job. He certainly is. And, um, you know, a couple more for John McMullen here. Um, John, do you, does it behoove the Philadelphia Eagles to wait, like, till after the playoff? Like, is there a better option for them? Um, or, you know, how, how do you see it playing out as far as timeline? Well, I, I mean, look, if you, if you want a Mike Kafka, you're almost going to have to wait unless the Chiefs get upset, uh, obviously. I mean, you know. People do that. A lot of times, uh, you know, one of the things that has hurt Eric Bieniemy in the past is the deep playoff runs because a lot of times teams don't want to wait um, and, and it becomes tremendous uh, public pressure to make a decision. And when guys, and that started today, as I mentioned, Urban Meyer was in, not in anybody's conversation except Jacksonville. So that one doesn't matter as much. But Robert Salad was in everybody's uh, building again. Uh, six of the seven teams. So that starts that snowball, and it happens every year. And then other teams start to panic and say, oh, we better we better lock down, uh, whether it's our second choice, our third choice, whatever. Um, we better lock that down. And in the Eagles' case, remember, they started this late. They're behind the six other teams um, to begin with. Um, now, Jeffrey said he doesn't mind waiting. And that could be for two reasons. That could be because he has his eye on somebody like Kafka, and he knows he has to wait anyway. So it doesn't matter. And all this other stuff is um, that public relations spin, and that's part of every coaching search. You do things for the public to say we're doing our due diligence, but Eagles know who they want. Uh, this other stuff is just sort of window dressing, and that's every team. That's not, I'm not picking on them. That's how every team does this kind of thing. Uh, 
And if they've decided we're just going to move forward with use, this is a transition period, um, you know, then they're probably just going through these interviews to say, okay, we talked to everybody and Deuce is the best guy, and that's how they'll spin that. But they have a good idea what they want to do, and the timing depends on is, is, is the candidate they really want, is he available right now or is he not? Time will tell. John McMullen will be there with us every step of the way, every night on The Fix at 1030. Follow John at jfmcmullenphillyvoice.com, si.com, and extending the play every Saturday at 10 a.m. right here on 1490 Sports Betting Radio. John, tomorrow night we'll, uh, we'll dive into all of the divisional round matchups and have some fun to wrap up the week. Actual football. That's exciting. It is exciting. It's a change this week. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's good to get away and decompress from these silly coaching searches. Exactly. So we'll decompress tomorrow night uh, on a Friday fix. John, I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Yep. Thank you. There he is, Johnny Mac. Johnny Mac. Good stuff from him, man. As always, he's just been dropping knowledge on us all week as it relates to this coaching search and uh, all the latest news and notes surrounding the NFL and the Philadelphia Eagles. Robert Sala off to New York or North Jersey, we should say, to become the head coach of the New York Jets. We'll see uh, where the dominoes continue to fall. All right, let's get into a break. When we come back, we're going to get into the second hour with Jeff Parles. Let's talk some football, baby. Some football that's actually taking place. NFL Divisional Round Best Bets coming up with Jeff. Jeff. 